Here's a sneak peek from this week's episode. We did book an excursion on that first trip to go to Chichen Itza. I think, again, that's like a big thing that if you haven't done, like it's a great thing to see. It's actually one of the seven wonders of the world. I'm Scott. And I'm Melissa. And we are the Sunshine Travelers. Our passion is travel and sharing our experiences with those who enjoy it as much as we do, or those who want to learn more about travel, or even those that just want to live vicariously through our travel stories. No matter where you fall along that journey, get ready to hear about our firsthand experiences as we visit some of the most interesting and amazing places on Earth. One of the places that Melissa and I have been many times as we started our journeys outside of the U.S. is Cancun, Mexico. Many people recognize Cancun as the home of all-inclusive resorts, but we want to show you a way to visit Cancun and experience the ancient culture, foods, and places to play while you're visiting. So pack a bag and let's take a short trip south of the border as we experience Cancun. You know, Scott, I'm actually very surprised that we haven't talked about Cancun or Mexico in general until now. It's one of the places, as you mentioned, that we have been... I don't even know how many times I didn't even try to count that we have been a lot. And this was before we kind of set our minds on going to different places, right? We were just looking for something to do that was outside of the ordinary, beyond what we had done before. And so we decided that very first time that we were going to go down to Cancun and stay at an all-inclusive resort. Yes, we did. I mean, we wanted to do the beach and we wanted to do somewhere tropical and... So we we settled on that. And quickly it became love of ours, right? Because we went down there several times after that trip. Yeah, we've been we've been a lot. So on that particular trip, I think that was for our 15th anniversary and we actually stayed at a place that is just it's near Puerto Morales. It was called the Secret Silver Sands. It was an adult all-inclusive And like you mentioned, that was the first time that we had been to Mexico, not out of the country. We had traveled to Germany and but to Mexico. And so now it is called the Hyatt Ziva Riviera Cancun, and they've done some renovations and things like that. But I think it's a family resort. So it was all inclusive, which we loved. I think we just wanted a relaxing vacation and just kind of have everything included. But what was funny is I think that second day we like we went and had massages and we're sitting there and you were like... I want to go, I want to go do something. I think that's a, like a pattern with you. And so you're like, okay, where can we go? And you went and found like, they had like a tour, you know, a place where you could book tours and stuff like that. And so they had something where we could do like jet ski, like a snorkel jet ski trip that went into Cancun and they would take you or we organized it where we could go into Cancun. I, I think it's funny. I think we just wanted to see a little bit more because they are you really couldn't you couldn't swim in the beach like you could get in the pool, but you couldn't swim in the water. That area is very rocky and stuff like that. And so I think we we're just like, OK, we're here, but we're just really felt maybe confined, confined to just seeing that. And so we wanted to see more. So that was what we did on that first trip. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I know a lot of people like to go to the all-inclusive resorts and they'll sit out by the pool and they'll, you know, they'll have drinks all day long and, and that's what they enjoy doing. I think for us, it was just, you know, we were there, we enjoyed the pool, but, uh, you know, I was like, we're in Cancun, we're, we're in a different place and all we're seeing is this resort. 
And so we really did want to step outside of the resort and see other things. And so, you know, when we talk about this, there's nothing wrong with all-inclusive resorts. Matter of fact, there's there's a few that we've talked about that we'll probably still go and see in other places. You know, for us now, when we go down to Mexico, we're all about experiencing, like I said, that ancient culture and the foods and and stuff like that. You know, I really don't want to go to Mexico and go to a hibachi restaurant. Yes, that's true. I think we do. We enjoy Mexican food. And so I think even when we go to some of the places that may be considered more touristy or upscale when we go to Cancun, like they they typically, though, are somehow related to like Mexican food as well. Well, so I will say, though, that I think that we have been to Cancun so often is because it is a way that you can have like a relaxing vacation for several days, but then also get out and and do some other things too. So I think a lot of times, just like we've talked about your work before and things like that, is that you've needed that as well. Like you've needed that relaxing vacation. It's just for us, if we've gone down there for say a week, like we we don't do that for like seven whole days. Like we, we still want to be able to have a chance to go do some other things too. Yeah, and I think one of the other things is like from where we lived in Atlanta, it was a four-hour trip to Cancun. And we could go and drive four and a half, five hours and get to Panama City, or we could go to Cancun. And for me, I was always choosing Cancun over Panama City. Yes, that's that's true as well. So since then... When we have gone, we have always stayed in Cancun, and we've always stayed at the same place, which is the Western Laguna Mar. And so the first time that we went, it was actually owned, it was actually a Starwood property, and we got invited to, to go down there and do that for like three or four days and do the timeshare presentation. And so that was a shorter trip. We did that for three or four days, and... It was just a way, I think, for us to get down there. And pretty much since then, we've always also used airline miles to travel down there because it hasn't been very many. And like you said, it's a quick hop from Atlanta. The flights never cost us that much. And so on that first trip, again, we had a few days to spend at the pool, but we did book an excursion on that first trip to go to Chichen Itza. I think, again, that's like a big thing that if you haven't done, like it's a great thing to see. It's actually one of the seven wonders of the world. And so we booked that through the hotel concierge there. And by the way, the hotel concierge is at the Westin Laguna Mar there in Cancun. They are top notch. They're the best in the industry, I think. Matter of fact, some of them have been there throughout all of the years that we've been doing this. And so we still see them. We still talk to them when we go there. And, you know, just fabulous. But they will help you book any kind of excursion and stuff like that. So I don't, I think no matter where you stay, they're going to have some kind of concierge like that because often these concierges get some type of kickback, I believe, for booking these tours and travel and stuff like that. Matter of fact, they want to they want to book your dinner reservations as well. And, you know, they call down and they're like, hey, this is so and so from the, you know, the Western Laguna Mar and want to book our people. And, you know, they get free. They give you a coupon for some free drinks and stuff like that. But, you know, using the the concierge, we started, you know, just having conversations about what are some of the other things that we can do in the area. 
And so we've gotten a lot of great recommendations where we, we ventured out away from the hotel zone and, you know, we're able to go and experience um, some of the local cultures, the local food. There's a place in downtown that we like to go and eat. And I would say it's probably for the locals. It's like one of those places where you might go for a special event or something like that, because it is a little bit kitschy. But, you know, when you go in there, it's a lot of local people eating at that restaurant. And that's called the La Paria. Yeah. And I think we've noticed like when we've been there on like a Sunday before, they'll have like more of like a buffet, like almost like a like a family, you know, buffet. And so it's, it's super crowded. So I did want to mention that. So that it's funny enough that that was the place that we actually went on that first trip. So we came into Cancun, they brought us, we did the snorkel tour. And then the person who drove us, we said, okay, Hey, we've got a, we've got some more time with you, like take us somewhere. So they took us to one of the touristy markets. So that area though, is actually close to where, like if you were on a cruise ship, that's where you would come in. But in the hotel zone, like it's a little bit of a trek to get there. So the market, I think is probably intended more for the cruise ship type things, but I don't know that then you have to walk several blocks to get to this restaurant. So he had taken us here. Hey, you need to go here. Like you mentioned, La Priya. I think we have actually been there on every trip since. That's how good the food is. And so now what we do, and I think Scott was going to mention this later, but now what we do is when we get there, because the place, the Western Lagunamar, it's like condos. And so we have like a small kitchen or a kitchenette. And so we will make the trip into town to go to like the Walmart supermercado that we've been to the Costco a couple of times too. But before we do, we'll we'll usually try to come bond it with a trip to this, like eat at this La Paria, fill up. So we're not like buying all the things and then go do our shopping. Yeah. And, you know, I mentioned it's a little bit kitschy because like I was looking through some of the videos that we had in the last trip when we took Will and Emily with us, you know, there's a little guy and he was balancing several margaritas on his head and walking to the restaurant. So, you know, <laughs> Oh, yeah. Well, we'll have to post that video, too. And I think they do. Like, they'll have the mariachi and stuff like that. But but you're right. Like, it does seem to not just, it's not like a just a touristy place, for sure. Yeah. Excellent food. Funny enough, we always laughed because where we used to live, there was like a whole chain of La Perias as well. Yeah, I think that's just a common name. Yeah. So when we went on that trip to Chichen Itza. We went during the middle of summer, so it tends that we always go either around our anniversary or Melissa's birthday, which is right dead middle of summer, and so it's pretty hot there, right? You know, this is a kind of a desert climate, so when we would go there, really hot temperatures, and we decided that we would go to Chichen Itza, and that was that was a fun experience, except for Melissa. On the trip over, they had Coronas on the bus. And, you know, who doesn't like a good Corona on the bus when you're driving over? And then it was really hot. And I remember we almost lost Melissa at Chichen Itza. I almost passed out. And I wasn't because I had had too much to drink. I just think it was like really hot. Like you really needed to be drinking drink be drinking water. And you mentioned about the weather. We have been in the fall as well, and I think that it's always been very warm there. So just plan for that. Like it's always been very hot. Can't remember if it's really arid or humid. I think it's humid because it's near the ocean. Heat and humidity is something that you can expect there. Yeah, and we're used to that. It was just just especially hot. So so we definitely recommend 
that do that trip. So if you're going to do a trip to Cancun, that that Chinchin Itza trip is very good. Now you could all you could rent a car and you could drive there. We actually did it on a tour, so they had like the trip to Chinchin Itza. You had lunch there, and then on the way back, they took you by a cenote, and you had a little what bit. Of- few minutes to swim in the cenote as well. Yeah. So you want to tell people what a cenote is? Yeah. So a cenote is a natural sinkhole and it results from the collapse of the limestone bedrock and then it exposes the groundwater underneath. And they are very, very common in that area, in that Yucatan Peninsula. There are a bunch of them. So we have actually been to several since then. But you can, and we'll talk a little bit about like how to find some later, but just all over, you can find them. There's other places as well, but they are all over in that particular region of Mexico. And I guess we probably should have, you know, said a little bit about Chichen Itza as well. You know, Chichen Itza is is Mayan ruins, so built back in the time when the Mayans lived in that area of Mexico. And, you know, these were very, very intelligent people. They were very in tune to the the sun and the stars and, and stuff like that, as well as mathematical. Yes, and we had mentioned that we had gone to see them in Yucatunich as well when we were in Belize. But very mathematical. They're basically pyramid structures, and they coordinated their architecture of them to the sun. So like the summer and the winter solstice and spring and the fall equinox. And so now we haven't gotten to see that, but if you fall, if you get to see them on those particular days, tell them what you see, Scott. Yeah. So at one of the times, and I don't remember which one, but it casts a shadow onto the pyramids and it looks like the pyramids are just broken in half the way that it casts this particular shadow. And then on the others, it has a shadow that looks like a giant serpent on the pyramids. And that was, they've planned all these festivals around those times, right? They didn't necessarily call them the solstice or whatever, but they knew that at specific times of the year, the sun would align just so that the shadows would fall. And that's how they planned all of their calendar was around those seasons, if you will. Right. Yeah. So it's absolutely fascinating that... Way back when they were able to like not only understand that, but then construct everything in such a way that it would just be like this spectacle as well. So if you if you want to see that and you plan to see that, definitely plan ahead. I would say for that for that particular time, you would want to book your book your tours ahead of time or, or make plans ahead of time to be able to go and and see those. And and Chichen Itza is not the only one. That is just the most common one, the most prominent one, these types of phenomenons take place at some of the other ones in the area yeah. as well. But like you said, this is one of the seven wonders of the modern world. So, Right. Yeah. So I would highly recommend that because it is. I mean, that's that's a big deal to get to go see one of the seven wonders. So I would definitely recommend putting that on your list if you're interested in that type of thing and you have a tour guide and, and things like that to tell you about all those as well. And I think with all of those, if you want to drive yourself there, so you want to rent a car and you want to drive yourself there, you're still going to need a tour guide inside the the park because they they require that you have a local trained tour guide um, to take you through. Right. And that's what we had talked about. That's what we had found out in 
Belize. So another time when we were there, we rented a car for a day and we drove down to Tulum and went to see the ruins there. And so in that case, we did. We hired a guy once we got there to walk us through and like tell us everything and show us everything again, just so that we could learn like what we were seeing. I'm not sure if it was required there or not, but it just, same thing is that we found out in Belize. Like you just understand what you're seeing and they can tell you so much more about like what it is that you're looking at and, and like what they, what everything was used for and, and things like that as well. So a couple of tips about, about that. So whenever we've stayed in Cancun, we haven't rented a car for the whole time. So we, that Western Laguna Mar is in the hotel zone. And there's, so there's places to rent a car. I think we always rent a car just from a place across the street. We don't need it for the whole time. So we just don't want the cost. And so you can just rent those. So the other thing I would say though, about if you want to go to Tulum and you're not staying there, just be aware that you might want to do some research about like how you could get into a place or like rent like a like at a beach club or something for the day because a lot of those places in Tulum if you're not staying there it's hard to like like get into the place it's hard to find a place to park it's hard to I mean yes there's restaurants but to like go to the beach and stuff like that so you might want to do a little bit of research there like if you plan to see or go to one of the places that like you see Tulum on let's say Instagram or something like that, it's going to be hard for you to get in there. So you might have to actually, even if you're not staying the night, you might actually have to like rent a room for, you know, for a night just so that you have access to that if you want to spend some time there. One of the other things and the concierge at the Westin told us this, and it's important for you to know, uh, you know, first of all, let me say we've never felt unsafe in Mexico. I've heard lots of stories you know, that people have out there, but we've been all up and down the hotel zone. We've been into the downtown and never once have we felt like we were not safe in, in Mexico. But one thing that the, the concierge told us, and so every time that we rent a car, we make sure we do this is to take $20 and put it in your wallet and then hide the rest of your money. Because inevitably you're going to be stopped by the Mexican police or the Cancun police or whatever they are. And they're going to shake you down for money. They're going to want you to pay the fine right there on the spot. Um, And so if you keep that $20, you know, you show them, look, this is all I have $20. And usually they will take that. You don't necessarily offer it to them, but once they ask you for money, just pull out your wallet, show them that you have $20 have make sure everybody in the car is well aware of what's going on. It did happen to us. So we were coming back from Playa del Carmen one night. We were doing, you know, the same speed as everybody else around us. But then all of a sudden I saw a flashlight on the road and it was, you know, motioning me to pull over. The guy comes up to to the car, you know, he tells me that he pulled me over for speeding. Well, I was going the same speed as everybody else who was around me. But then later, he comes to the door with something that looks like a pitching radar gun. So it's not a real radar gun like you would expect to see from the police. But, you know, it looks like something that you might find at the ball field or something to measure how fast a pitch is going. And uh, so anyhow, 
we were thankful because she had told us this and prepared us. And so when it got to, you know, him asking us to pay the fine there, you know, directly to him so that he could help us out. That's when I, you know, went into this bill about, well, you know, we're leaving tomorrow. All I have is this, you know, $20 bill. We've spent all of our money. And so he was like, well, you could at least buy my partner and I a cup of coffee. And so we gave him the $20 and then, you know, got on to the rest of our, our trip. But, uh, you know, it's an inconvenience. It's it's probably a little bit scary, like the first time that it happens. But at the end of the day, it was, a, it was no big deal. Yes. And that was the only time that it's happened. So but she yeah. did tell us she had helped us organize the car the first time and just said, hey, you need to know this. And so we were extremely thankful. And we saw her the next day and said, hey, thank you for telling us this. Thank you for telling us like eight years ago about this because we we actually used it. We encountered that. Yes. So so we have been to Playa del Carmen a couple of times. And funny enough, the first time we went, we actually found a tapas restaurant. So we've talked about that before as well. We love to eat tapas. And so we wanted to kind of get away from, again, the touristy area. So Playa del Carmen is another place where lots of people go. If they're not in Cancun, they'll go down there. There's lots of hotels and lots of resorts, beach, things like that. So they have a very touristy shopping and dining district. Yeah, like a pedestrian path where, you know, it's closed to traffic and only only people can walk through there and stuff like that. Right. And as you know, like, so the restaurants are going to be more expensive in that type of an area. And probably and usually not as, you know, high quality as well. And so we had found this place called El Tapas and Company. I think we just found it on TripAdvisor or something like that. And fantastic. We will leave a link to that, like the, the Google so that you can find it in the show notes. But it's outside of the tourist area on 15th and 10th. It's near this big plaza where they have markets. The last time we were there, I think they were having a market. But the best and inexpensive tapas that you will find. So we have actually been there a couple of times to that particular restaurant and eaten there as well. Yeah. So also down in that area between Cancun and Playa del Carmen is the um, Puerto Morales. I think that's the name of the area. And that's where we've gone several times to go to Cenotes. Um, You can just drive down into that area and there's a long road and there's lots of different cenotes that are off of there we've got one that we went to is called kenha and believe melissa this is the one where there was a big hole in the rocks and you just jump down in the hole and then underneath the rocks there was a like a pool the natural formation down there and you could swim around in it but you had to jump down or come to find out there's a way that you could walk down some stairs to get there but the main way is to jump through this hole and you don't know what you're jumping into, which is, I guess, kind of the the fun of it. But, uh, you know, and it's really fun once you're in there is to, to swim out by that hole and just watch people as they're jumping in. And, you know, they can't see down in because it's bright outside and it's darker down in the cave. But, you know, they're like, do it, do it, you know. And then they scream as they're jumping in and they make the splash and, you know, really was a fun time. Yeah, it is a lot of fun. So the cenotes, they have like open cenotes or partially open. So I don't know if that one 
that one would really only had the hole. So I don't know if they considered that one of the partially opened or one of the underground or cave cenotes because that groundwater, right, is flowing on all, you know, all kinds of ways. So yeah, so we did that. And a lot of these places have like life jackets and changing rooms and bathrooms and little restaurants and stuff like that. And so on this particular road, which as you're traveling down that main road and you're going, you know, past Playa Morales down to Playa del Carmen, it's actually called Monumento Ruta de los Cenotes. There's a big sign on the right-hand side of the road and you travel up there and then I think it's like a dirt road and there's a whole bunch of them off that road. And I got to thinking, we went with Will and Emily to another one I remember where they had the platforms. Yeah, so then they had the open one. I think it was may have been at the same, like it may have been the same complex, right? So a lot of these they've turned into like little parks, right? And so you'll pay some kind of admission to use their lockers, to use their bathrooms, to use their life jackets. And then I think they had like a little truck that took you out. So you're right. So that one was an open one. And so they had built some zip lines and you climbed up the ladders to the different, they had like some different levels and then they had some rocks you could, you could jump off of. So that was a lot. That's a lot of fun just to go and explore those different cenotes. There's a bunch of them on that particular road. Um, There's a bunch of them in that area. And so like if at your hotel, like you could definitely just ask, you know, a concierge or something like, what's your favorite one? Or where would you recommend that, that you go as well? Yeah, and so while we're in that area, though, we went to uh, and had a cooking class on that road. We did. So that cooking class was actually before we had done the cenote. So at the end of 2020, we actually got a really great deal to go down there and stay at the Western Laguna Mar. And we hadn't been a lot of places that year. And so we were like, let's, you know, let's go and let's do this. What, what can we go do? That's different. And so we booked this cooking class, actually through Viator. The place was called Mexico Lindo. And that time we probably should have rented a car. I'm not really sure why we didn't. So we had to get we had to get a person to drive us, which I think actually ended up being pretty expensive. But that particular time it ended up only being us. Um, I guess just because of the time period that it was. I think it was like five or six hours. And we cooked chicken tinga we made tostadas we made they made corn tortillas from like absolute scratch like started with the corn soaked it in the lawn like i helped her grind it and then she made uh, the tortillas tortillas. we made caramel flan we made beans and the the taro beans like a ton of stuff like all day long we were cooking with her and of course she had some assistance like helping but we had like an absolute feast. She took us through like a tequila tasting and told us all about. So like in the U.S., like people do like tequila shots and stuff like that. But there, like tequila is for sipping with family on special occasions. And so just having them tell us like all these things about like the Mayan customs and their customs, because a lot of the people that were helping her were Mayan descendants and and were helping her do that. And so she was actually switching back and forth between speaking English to us and speaking with them and then also speaking Spanish to some people as well. So highly recommend that. We actually have a link. I'll put the link in the show notes to that. But we have actually have a link on our websites under tours and experiences where that one 
lives all the time. So if you're ever in that area, want to do a cooking class, I would just definitely recommend getting a car and driving. I mean, you can have somebody take you there. But that was actually on that road because then we went to the cenotes. I was like, oh, that's where we that's where we went and did the cooking class that day. And another place, uh, I think it's generally in that area, um, not necessarily on that road, but somewhere in that area. We did a tour one time and went to Shellha. And so that was like kind of a mixture of cenotes and like a river and stuff like that with this crystal clear water, beaches, and then they had uh, food there. So that was all included in the price of the the visit to Chelha. Um, You could snorkel. I mean, that was, you know, if you've got kids with you and you're traveling and, you know, you want to get out and do something, that's a great, I think that was a great place to take kids and, and have fun. Yes, it was. I remember. So we took Will. Will was on that trip with us and we took him and he would do like climb up and like jump off the rocks and climb up and jump off the rocks. Love that. I think they had tubes you could do. And like you said, snorkeling beaches. Yes, that's a great day trip. I think that that's one where they pick you up from a lot of different hotels as well. So that and then there's a lot of other ones that are just like adventure parks and like swimming parks and adventure and four wheelers and all kinds of things. So I would just say like, see which one fits with your family and what they would enjoy doing. And yeah, book one of those. Cause it's just it's a lot of fun. And, and again, like Scott was talking about, they rely on our tourism dollars as well to have their economy, right? So to have these adventure parks, to have these cenotes, their restaurants, all this type of stuff. So yeah, get out and spend, you know, spend some money and and see some other things and do some fun adventure things as well. So one last really adventure thing that we did before we move on to maybe some of the places to eat is that we went and did a whale shark encounter. Yeah, so if you're there in July, that is when the whale sharks will be. Now for this one, I would highly recommend that you call and book in advance. Because we mentioned before, that's one of the reasons that we it's really laid back to go there is because you don't have to pre-plan like all your meals before you go, all your excursion before you go and have everything because everything is not going to be sold out. But this is one, it's a short window when they're there. So if you, if you time it right, but I would definitely call ahead, I think July timeframe that was incredible. So you do have to be able to ride on a smallish boat out and back for a good ways but those boat captains like talk to each other. And so while there were a lot of boats, they have it also very organized, right? So you like two people jumping at a time with the guy who's in charge and he tells you exactly where to be. And they just kind of like let them swim by you. But just being like you just feel so tiny in, in the water. These things as are the these. size of a Greyhound bus. That's how massive these whale sharks are. And, you know, I've got a picture and it doesn't do it justice, but I've got this picture that I took on a GoPro, and it's this whale shark swimming directly at me, and it's got its mouth wide open. And just imagine, because its mouth wide open was as probably as tall as I am, and this thing is swimming directly at you. Yeah, that was an incredible experience. So if you ever have the opportunity to do that, I mean, that was absolutely amazing. Then they took us back, I think, pretty close to Isla Mujeres and fixed us like ceviche. And I don't remember if we got out on Isla Mujeres on that particular trip, but 
we had ceviche and stuff like that. So it was just a great day. I mean, again, that was a, that was a pretty good, um, long excursion as well, but highly, highly worth it. That was just a lot, a lot of fun. So speaking of Isla Mujeres, we have actually been over there a couple of times and to explore uh, over there when we've had like a whole day. So that's a pretty easy ferry ride. You can like take the bus from that hotel zone and you'll see big signs ferry to Isla Mujeres. And for a few dollars, you can take the ferry over there for the day. Feels like a totally different experience. Like it's like a tiny village on that island. Of course, you could go over there and stay. So like if you want a different experience and you want to stay the whole time in Cancun, you could go over there and stay as well. Lots of restaurants. Uh, The water there is very different at one end of the island. Like it's just, what would you say? It's just like a, like almost like a bay and you can just like go out in the water and have a drink you can rent a golf cart. And that's what we've done a couple of times. We've rented a golf cart. We've gone to like the Turtle Center. Um, We've gone all the way down. The last time we went all the way down to the tip end, which is called Punta Sur. And you could kind of like hike out around a little bit. And they've got a bunch of ruins. If you see, and I couldn't find the name of it, but if you see on the way or on the way back, this little restaurant that's kind of on the side of the road at the top of the hill with like these wooden signs that talk about frozen mojitos, you need to stop and eat there. I think we stopped and had lunch there. Um, so it's a great day trip, I would say, just to explore something a little bit different there. The other fun experience that we had there, it was really hot. So the last time we went, it was in July and it was really, really hot. And we saw... I guess maybe a sign like advertising one of those ice bars is that what's called ice bar and it was so hot and we don't we don't normally do things like this but I was like let's go do this ice bar and you just kept on going and I was like no I'm absolutely serious like turn around let's just go do this like that will be fun that was one of the most fun things that we have done we had Will and Emily with us and again it was so hot we had taken them on this hike and so I mean it wasn't cheap it wasn't ridiculously expensive but it wasn't cheap And so we went in and if you've never been in one of those ice bars, so this particular one was like not a permanent structure. They had done it in like a container, like a refrigerated container. Um, And so inside you go in and of course it's freezing cold. They have these like little fur things you can put on if you want to wear them. And they had all these different lights and music and like little ice sculptures, right? So like frozen, like Elsa stuff and like different ones, ice sculptures, but it just felt so good in there. And I think it was like a couple of drinks, like a beer and a something included, right? And you could buy more if you wanted. And, but the deal was like, you could stay as long as you wanted. But of course, I mean, I think what, 30, 45 minutes, maybe yeah. I don't seem like that. It probably wasn't even that long. So I don't have any idea if that thing is there all the time. Couldn't really tell you how to get there. It was near like a restaurant. We saw signs for it, right? So if you're going on that road that takes you to like the turtle farm and then down to that Puntas or like if they have it there, you'll see it. Um, but I, I would think say it's a beach club. So there's a beach club right there and attached to this beach club, they, you know, built this ice bar. And so if you want to go there for the day and you want to rent a cabana or a beach chair or something like that out on the beach, you can do that there. And they've got a, you know, nice bar that you can get drinks and stuff. But, um, you know, this ice bar was something else that they had added in. Yeah. So absolutely very touristy thing to do, but it was a lot of fun. So, and I know that they have those like in different places around the world. 
So if you ever get a chance to do that, just a fun little just a fun little thing to do. And if you're on vacation, sometimes you just need to do those vacation-y type things, right? That's right. Well, let's talk about some places in that hotel zone where you could eat. You know, when we go, we typically go to the Walmart. We'll buy stuff to have for breakfast. We'll buy things to, like, fix a sandwich for lunch, you know, and, and those type of things, or maybe tacos or something like that. But we'll go to somewhere for dinner, right? And we'll go to one of the restaurants down that hotel zone. We've got a few that we really like. But let's talk about a few of those that we just really enjoy and always like to go to. Yeah, so the first one is called El Fish for Tonga. And it was actually on the show, Diners, Drive-In, and Dives with Guy Ferrari. So I say Guy Ferrari. Ferrari, Ferrara, something like that. And so what was funny about this is, though, the first time we went or first couple of times we went, that was before that, right? And it really was like a dive. It's just like on the side of the street and you go downstairs, they have a takeout window that's right there by the road. I mean, it was fine. It just was it was very plain, right? It was just very plain. Plastic chairs to sit at. I think still plastic chairs to sit at. It was a taco stand. Yeah, it's, it's, what it was. it's basically a taco stand. Great fish tacos. Great. I mean, they actually have a huge menu. Um, I think the first time it was like two for one cervezas or two for one Coronas or something like that. But just really good food and compared to the other places, like really inexpensive as well. Yeah. Like it's nothing fancy. But since then, since that show, they have like this huge like octopus mural on the wall. They've put like rattan like light fixtures. I think the tables are still the same, just maybe different tablecloths or something. But maybe a little bit more elevated, but still great food. What's funny is like Scott had mentioned, a lot of these places like we'll see the same people who have always worked there. Like they still work there and stuff like that. And so that's that's really neat. And so typically on a visit, we will go to Elfish Fratanga once or twice. At least one, but yeah. usually twice. Yeah, I think there have been times when it's like been three times. That's a and short walk from... Because it's right near the hotel. So sometimes we've done lunch there. If we just wanted to get out and, you know, have a break or whatever, we'll walk across, have lunch. Because like I said, great tacos, you know, fish or shrimp. They have good ceviche. Really good octopus. I was was looking at a picture of the octopus that we got there, and I was really shocked by that because, you know, it's, it's these tables out over the sand. And so what I would say about that, so in that hotel zone, it's basically just like a skinny piece of land where on one side you have the ocean and the other side is a lagoon. So all these restaurants that we're going to mention, I think all of them, they're on that lagoon side. So like that's one thing that you might want to say, like make your reservation if you want to be outside or if you want to be on the water to have like your concierge say, like we want to be on the water. So the next one is um, Porfirio's, which I know is a chain type of a place, but just really a good place to go. Great food, great service. Yeah. So Elfish Fatanga, wear your flip flops and your shorts and T-shirt over there. Um, But when you go to Porfirio's, you do need to, you know, dress up just a little bit more going there. It's a nice restaurant. It's going to be a lot more expensive than Fish Fritanga, but great food. I mean, matter of fact, the last time we were there, we were celebrating 
your birthday and uh, boy, they brought out all this stuff that was like little sparklers and fireworks, <laughs> you know, in your food and stuff like that. And, you know, we were so afraid that this place was going to catch on fire because it was really, you know, blazing coming out of it. Um, so another place that we've been a couple of times, if not more than that, is Rosa Negra as well. So just really great food. And then also Puerto Madero, which, again, it's like they have a lot of those in different cities, um, but just a good place to go. And Scott really enjoys their creme brulee. Yeah, there. I think they have some of the best creme brulee that I've ever I think it was like a caramel life. creme brulee or something like that. That was yeah, just the like, dolce de leche. Oh, there you go. Um, but there's lots of other things like there's a hard rock close by. Well, so we should say we have been to Senior Frogs. They are just for, you know, just for fun but type of a. There's a whole party zone down yeah. there. Got clubs and stuff like that. So. Listen, if you're into nightlife and the clubs and you want to go out and you want to go dancing, it is all right there. And those are things that you can do. Uh, you know, Melissa mentioned the Senor Frogs. We went there with my brother and his wife and, you know, had fun. And matter of fact, I even got called on the stage one time and had to chug a beer and take a shot or something like that. Yeah, um, totally not your. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but you did it. Good sport. So yep, you did, did it. it. Been there, done that. Don't care to do it again. Yeah. So a lot of times, though, in the evening we stay pretty close to that area, and so that's that's why we like pick these places. So in the course of like a week, we cover those places. Like if we're out a couple of nights, like so, if we have gone over to one of the excursions or gone down to do cenotes or something like that, we would have stopped somewhere else or if we're over on the island or we would do our shopping and go to La Pria one night, that kind of covers that kind of covers the gamut of those. So but I would just ask as well. So like ask your concierge what they recommend. There have been a couple of other places that we would frequent that unfortunately like shut down you know, during the pandemic or right after the pandemic or whatever that aren't still there. There was a couple of other places that before we would always go to, but these places have been just a good. So we also should mention at that, we always call it the mall across the street, but there are some places by the water there that are good to eat too. So there's actually a La Paria there that's as well. So we've eaten at the La Paria branch that's there. It's not as good though. Yeah, it's not as good, but it's a place to go and you're on the water. There's a place called Tacos and Tequilas there on the water too. So it's just kind of, again, that's going to be more, I feel like you're more touristy stuff, but just don't, whatever you do, don't miss the elfish for Tonga. Like... For real, go, you have to like, don't get, I mean, you could get it to carry out by the stand, but just make sure that you go downstairs and sit by the water. And like, that's, that's funny. That's our top places. And I kind of felt bad, like making this list. Cause like, this is the one place where we always go to our favorite places. Um, and I was looking up something about that fish for Tonga now on this other person's blog. And he said, I know we'd always don't recommend like going to the same places, but like these places are just that good. And it's like, Sometimes it's nice to go to a place and always go to those familiar, you know, those familiar places as well. Yeah. So since it is a place that we travel to several times or have, so, you know, have gone to several times. So let's talk a little bit about, you know, you're going to fly into Cancun, uh, getting to the hotel. Our recommendation is that you book that ahead of time, the, tra the transportation from the airport to the hotel. Because when you come out of the airport, 
you're going to have a million different people trying to, can I help you get a cab? Can I help you get a ride? Can I, can I help you? Can I help you? Can I help you? Right. And each one of these people are usually attached to something, right? Something that they're trying to sell you or something that they're trying to get you to, you know, go and see and do. So our recommendation is arrange this ahead of time. They'll tell you where to meet, meet them. And then you just go out, get on your, in your car or your van or whatever, and go on. There's also going to be people inside the airport. So like right as you're walking out and they're going to have signs that say information. No, those are not information desks. Do not stop there. Their primary job is to get you hooked into doing a timeshare presentation somewhere. So just walk as fast as you can out through that area and don't stop. And I'll be honest with you, we have found that it's almost just the same price to get the transportation like that the hotel books for you. So like the Western Laguna Mar, for example, they have a they have something that they organize. I've booked it like not through them thinking it was going to be less. And I think it's just been the same and you book it round trip and, and stuff like that. So I think that's just been the best option for us. Well, with any episode, one of the things, you know, for a destination that we always ask Melissa at the end of the episode is what should you pack? Hey, before you say that, I want to talk about the Braves games already started. Oh, is it something important about the pool? Okay. It's your favorite thing in the whole world. So one of the things that we really like about the Western Laguna Mar is the pool there. This pool is fantastic. And we spend a lot of the time while we're there in this pool because it's an infinity pool that looks like it just kind of drops off into the ocean. And you'll see a lot of people right there on that infinity side. And that's where they park for the day. And they just spend their their day looking off into the ocean and enjoying that. And so if you have kids, you know, they have like a little spot splash pad area for the kids. They have not so deep area pools and then they have the big lagoon pool bars that you can swim up to you know get a cocktail one of the things i was going to say about walmart is if you go there you can get your alcohol there at walmart so if you want to bring that back and you want to make your own margaritas and put them into a yeti bottle and carry them down there with you to the pool you can do that that's usually what we do. If you're staying at a resort that allows that. So yeah. they do allow that at our resort. So obviously we're going to recommend a Marriott property, but anyhow, that would be something that you could think about, but make sure that you're allowing yourself time to enjoy this pool. They've got people that roam around. They'll give you free foot massage because they want you to go to the spa and get a full massage, which we would recommend. Yes, the spa is very nice, too. And again, comparatively, like in price wise, it's a great value for massages as well. So with every travel episode or destination episode, we ask Melissa to wind it down for us by saying, what do you need to pack on this trip? So definitely swimsuit cover up. You do want to do some nicer clothes for dinner because I think you do want to experience some of those fun, nice restaurants for dinner. Other than that, just shorts, t-shirts, tank tops, especially if you're going to venture down to over to Chinchinensa, down to Tulum, over to Isla Mujeres. So we always bring like a smaller cooler for 
the pool, like if they allow that. And that's something that you could pack as like your carry on as well. So you could put stuff in that and then have like a cooler or if you have one that folds up. So we bring like Yetis or some kind of cups for the pool to keep things closed. I also like to go ahead and bring some of those grocery shopping bags. So we'll like get a taxi to take us to the grocery store and then we have stuff to put it in when we buy everything. And so, of course, you're going to want your hat and your sunglasses and your sunscreen because the sun is very hot there. And then again, a beach or a pool bag. Just keep it simple. So another reason that we like to stay at the Western Laguna Mar, and I promise y'all this is not sponsored. It's just this is where we go. But in any of those is because you have a washer and dryer. And so that just like you can just throw everything in there and then just not have like a lot of extra stuff because you can wash. Yeah, you can pack really light and, you know, wash those things two or three times if you're staying there. And yeah, it's we're not sponsored by Marriott, but we would love for Marriott to sponsor us. If you're listening to this and connected to Marriott in some way, let's talk. Yes, because we do plug all the time. So thank you for letting us reminisce and share all these things. And so we hope that you will visit Cancun or that area. And we hope that you will venture out and to see some of these other things as well. So the all-inclusives are nice and the West and Laguna Mar is nice, but to be able to see at least for a day or two on your trip to go see some other stuff. And I told Scott as we were like preparing and I usually look at pictures and videos and kind of go back through, you know, what were the places so that we can link them in the show notes. And I was like, well, you know what? It's been too long. We are going to have to make that trip back. Melissa, you said earlier, looking through some of the photos made you want to go back. We'll have to do another episode where we take you off the beaten path in Cabo as well. I think that Cancun is just special to us because that is where we got comfortable traveling outside the U.S. for pleasure as a couple. If you're thinking about taking your first trip outside the U.S., this is an easy trip to make. and It's very easy to navigate thanks to the friendly people in Cancun. And as always, we invite you to share your travel experiences with us. Send us a message and let us know where your first international travel was. We're always inspired by your wonderful stories. We hope you enjoyed this episode and we'll find some inspiration to help you with your travel journeys. Please consider going on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review. The more five-star reviews we have, the more likely we are to be featured and discovered by others. Make sure to follow or subscribe to our podcast to be notified of new episodes when they are released. You can also find us on Instagram at Sunshine Travelers Podcast. Remember that's travelers with one L. Most importantly, share it with your friends and help them catch the travel bug. You never know, they may become your greatest travel companion.